series that is talking about really one of the things that has the power to change the world. And it's a word that we all know, and it's a word called love. Come on, how many of you guys remember when you were in love? Anybody remember the chill bumps? Come on, you could call it tingle love, if you will. All of that, so all of that's happening. So we've been talking about love, and here's what we said. If we're going to talk about something that powerful, something that has the potential to change the world, then how many of you think it's a good idea that we get it from the right source? It's a good idea. Why? Because culture has their version of love. Uh, culture has trying to pump into us what love is. But when we want to learn about love, we go to what? We go to the Bible. We said that's our owner's manual for life. That's our compass, if you will, our spiritual north star. And so when we want to learn about love, when we want to learn about life, we go to God's Word. Which incidentally, let me throw this out here while we're talking about it. Tonight in our Grove Track... We're going to be talking about God's Word. We're going to talk about how can I trust the Bible. Like with all of the books out there, how do I know that one's for real? And so we're going to be spending a lot of time tonight talking about that. But again, when you're talking about love, when you go to the Bible, what does the Bible say about it? Well, let's look at Mark. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. Mark 12, verse 30. This is kind of our theme verse if you will, for this series. And if you read the verses ahead of this one, you're going to find that they asked Jesus a question. And the question was simply this, what is the most important command? Now you need to understand why they're asking that. Because when you look at Genesis, from Genesis to Deuteronomy, the first five books in the Bible, known as the Torah or the Pentateuch, in those first five books, there are 613 commands. 613. And so for the Jewish religious leaders of that time, there was this constant debate on which command held a little more weight than the others. And so here they are again asking Jesus the question, Hey teacher, what's the most important command? And so Jesus actually answers this question in the context of love. Mark chapter 12, verse 30. What did he say? Jesus was asked this, Hey, what's the most important command? He said, Love the Lord your God with what? All of your heart, with all of your soul, and with all of your mind, and with all of your strength. So in other words, you've got to love God with all. So what is he talking about there? What is he talking about heart, soul, mind, and strength? Well, when you think about it, when you think about your heart, what is that? That's your passions. That's kind of what lights your fire, if you will. Come on, the old timers used to say, what cranks your motor? Amen. What, what gets you going in the morning? That, that's your passions. That's your heart. What is your soul? That's your being. That's, that's who you are. The essence of who you are, if you will. What's your mind? That's your thoughts, your strength. That's your actions. What you commit your resources to. So each one of these, God says, we're to love Him with all of this. And so last week we started talking about what does it mean to love God with all of your heart? Remember we went back to Solomon in 1 Kings and God came to Solomon and said, Hey, here's a warning. Don't marry outside of your faith. Because when you do, these ladies are going to turn your heart away from me. But you all know that Solomon disregarded God's warning. He, 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 he had a nevertheless moment. Like, God, I know you've said all of this, but nevertheless, I'm going to do things my way. 
So he had that moment and his heart became divided. He neglected God's commands. He neglected the presence of God. As a result of that, he gave the enemy access into his heart, into his life. And then he began to tolerate things that he never would have tolerated before. So again, we see this progression that was happening in his life. Now the good news is, at the end of his life, Solomon turned his heart back over to God. And so we kind of issued a challenge to all of us in here as if to say, hey, if you find yourself in this cycle where maybe you're, you're neglecting the presence of God, neglecting the Word of God, and you've given the enemy access into your life, maybe you're tolerating some things that at one time you used not tolerate. If you find yourself in that place and you want to get back to God, how do I get back? Simple one thing, and that is this, you've got to fix your eyes on Jesus. Fix your eyes on Jesus. And we said that God is looking for people whose hearts are fully devoted to Him. Again, that's last week. Today, I want to talk about something that could be a little complicated, and that's your soul. I mean, let's, let's, let's be honest. When we're talking about heart, mind, and strength, kind of easy to grasp that, but what's your soul? I mean, let me ask this. What do you think of when you think of the word soul? I don't know about you, and I know I'm going to date myself, but it's okay. I remember years ago when I was growing up, there was something called Soul Train. Come on, somebody. Anybody remember back in the days? Boy, don't let me cut the rug up here. I mean, do you remember Soul Train? Like the little black and white TV with the rabbit ears with tinfoil on the top. Come on, anybody? Mama used to say, crunch the tinfoil up. Soul Train. Now let's fast forward because I know some of you got no clue what I'm talking about. Disney Pixar just had a movie called what? Soul. So again, what do you think of when you hear the word soul? One commentary said it like this. They said, your heart has to do with affection, but your soul has to do with devotion. Kind of like who you are. And and so when we look into the scriptures, there's several scriptures that talk about soul. That talk about what it is. But there's two verses of scripture that make really clear what soul is. And so if you have your Bibles, let's look at Genesis chapter 2. Genesis chapter 2, you can click there. Here's a great way to put in a plug for the Bridge app. If you don't have that app, you can actually download it on your phone. And then you can see all of my notes right there on that app on the Smithfield page. So Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, it says, And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. So again, there's that outer covering. There's an outer covering for your soul. And it said that God did something. He breathed into man's nostril. He breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And what did man become? He became a living soul. So when you look at the Old Testament, which is the Hebrew language, when you look in the Hebrew, the definition for soul is a living being. That's what soul is. So now let's look at the New Testament. The New Testament kind of builds on that definition. Matthew chapter 16 Verse 26, it says, What good will it be for a man if he gains the whole world and yet forfeits, here's that word again, his soul? Or what can a man give in exchange for his soul? So again, in the Hebrew, the word soul means a living being. In the Greek, the word soul is the essence of who you are. 
So your soul is the essence of who you are. It is a living being. So I guess you can actually say it like this. We are not a body with a soul. We are a soul with a body. Let me say that again. We are not a body with a soul, but we are a soul with a body. And you need to understand the importance of these two thoughts right here. Because listen, you are not your bodies. Okay, our body is just a temporary dwelling for who we really are. In other words, when our body dies, our soul does not. Our soul goes on to live in eternity. And we talk a lot about our bodies, right? I mean, we exercise it, we put makeup on it, we put a little color in our hair, we pull it, we stretch it, we tuck it, we Botox it. But you understand that these bodies have an expiration date. But there's something inside of you that never dies, and that is your soul. Now, don't get me wrong. We need to take care of these bodies. It's the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you you need to take care of your bodies. But I would also submit to you that we need to take care of our souls. Because God says we are to love Him with all of our soul. If you can't get the soul right, then you're not going to get the heart right and the mind right and the strength right. Why? Because the soul is the essence of who you are. So we've got to get that right. So why is it that we have such a hard time loving God with all? Loving God with all of our soul. Why is that? I believe one of the reasons for that is because we have what I would call a restless soul. A restless soul. We have a spiritual enemy, which is Satan. And I believe that he comes and he says, Hey, if I can't make you bad, I'm going to make you busy. And so he comes in and he bombards you with all of this stuff. And so you're running here, you're running there, you're doing this, you're doing that. And on top of all of that, there's insecurity, right? I mean, he's putting all of this stuff. You're not good enough. You're not this. You're not. And so he's saying all of these lies and he's putting it inside of you. And our souls are restless. And, you know, Solomon, who we talked about last week, actually addressed this. And he talks really about where so many people today are living their lives. Ecclesiastes chapter 2, verse 22 and 23. This is what he said. What does a man get for the toil and anxious striving with which he labors under the sun. All his days, his work, you know, his work is pain and grief. And then watch this. Even at night, his mind does not rest. Come on, you ever been there before? Let me ask you an honest question. I want you to be honest with yourself. How many of you find yourselves wound up on the inside? How many of you find yourselves, you know, you go to bed, you lay down, but you can't go to sleep because there's so much stuff in your mind. You find it difficult to calm your soul. How many of you could say, yes, that's me. That's where I'm at. Can I just be honest with you today? I want you to hear my heart today. God does not want us to live that way. And listen, we have no problems in life acknowledging when our body is tired. My body needs rest. But again, I would say to you that our soul needs rest as well. So in order for me to love God with all of my soul, again, that's, that's really the essence of who I am. That's where it starts. In order to do that, I can't do it if I'm spending my life restless. If I'm worried and anxious and restless.
cow smells. I started not being able to chew my food and swallow it like I should. My cholesterol was out of whack. My blood pressure was out of whack. Misty was kind of getting excited because of the insurance. Amen. But I'm just saying, it was, y'all going to lighten up a little bit today. Amen. We'll be here all day. I'm telling you, all day. But anyway, it was a bad moment in my life. And I remember going to the doctor and he was telling me different things. But there was one thing in particular he told me. Great doctor. He's a good Christian man. He said, Alan, he said, take five. Take a breath. Five minutes a day. Be still. Take a breath. And then he said, focus on God. And I'm like, all right. Sounds easy enough. So I went home. And I'm like, all right, getting in my office. Boom, shut the door. Going to be still. Going to be still. Got on my knees. I was still for like two minutes. Probably 30 seconds. And my mind started Boom, boom, boom. I mean, just racing here, racing there. Got to do this. Got to do that. Can anybody identify with a life like that? Just just all this stuff happening. And I'm like, I can't be still. I can't. I mean, I can't think and concentrate on God because I've got all this stuff going on. All this stuff that needs to be done. But I knew something right then. I said, man, I've got to get control of this. And so every day I would go in and I would... Take a breath and be still before God. Let me give you a scripture that's not in your notes today. I ran across this some time ago. I talked to my leadership team about it. Exodus chapter 31 verse 17. Write that down. Exodus 31 17. And this is a moment where God is talking about the importance of observing the Sabbath. And he says this. It is a sign forever between me and the Israelites. For six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth. But on the seventh day. Here's what I want you to tune into. He rested and was refreshed. Six days the Lord worked. Seventh day he rested and was refreshed. In my mind I'm thinking about this. How does a God who never tires get refreshed? How does that happen? And so I go back and I look up the meaning of that word. And the word refresh, you know what it means? Take breath. So for six days, God has been doing what? He's been creating. How does God create? Speaks it. When you speak, what are you doing? You're breathing out. He just breathed into man and he became a living soul. So God has been speaking and breathing out for six days. And on the seventh day, he, he breathed in. How many of you know, if God needs it, you and I need it. But we need it more than just one day a week. We need it every day to get into a moment where we are alone with God. And we are still before God where we can take a breath and let the essence of who you are relax. You've got to be still before God. But then here's the second thing. While you're still, here's the second thing. You've got to wait for God. So it's not just being still, but it's I've got to be willing to wait for God. Psalms chapter 37, verse 7. Rest in the Lord and what? Wait. Here's a good word for you. Patiently for Him. Psalms 37, 7. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for Him. But we don't like waiting, right? We don't like to wait. Does anybody pray for patience? I just want to see who you are. Oh, two, three, four. How do you pray for patience? Like, God, give me patience and give it to me right now. In Jesus' name. We don't like waiting, right? 
We don't like the way. We, 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 we're so revved up. I got to go. I got to go. I got to go. People ask me all the time, how do you hear from God? Like, what's the best way to hear from God? And I say, tell me what your schedule's like, because I don't think you're asking the right question. Well, from the time I get up, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I got a job, I got kids, I got to clean, I got to cook, I got to this, this, this. And then when I get home at night, I've got more stuff to do. I've got laundry to do. Come on, laundry in Jesus' name. Got to do all of that. And then I lay down and I go to sleep. And I'm like, when does God have time to speak to you, brother? He doesn't. You've got to find a place where you're still before God and you're waiting for God. Pastor Andy Stanley, he's a pastor down in, uh, in Georgia. He was asked one time before, and, and I love his answer, which is why I'm bringing it to you. He, he, he was asked, how do you stay close to God coupled with how do you hear from God? Kind of that, that couple, that, that twofer, if you will. How, how do I hear from God? And I love his, his response. He said, I wake up early every single morning so I don't have to worry about the time. And I open up God's Word, and I just start reading the Word And I wait for something to speak to me. When I read across the scripture and something speaks to me. He said I don't just blow by it and keep going. I stop. I wait. I meditate on that particular portion of scripture. It could be one verse. It could be a chapter. It could be five chapters. He said but I keep reading until something speaks to me. And when it does I wait to say God what do you want to say? I love that. Listen, there are times in your life where you need to slow down, take a breath, open up God's word, and realize, realize this, God can take care of the world while you're paused for five minutes. God can take care of your family and your kids and your life while you're paused for five minutes. God can take care of all of that. But we have to be willing to be still, and we have to be willing to wait. Psalms chapter 130 Verse 5 and 6, it says, I wait for the Lord. Watch the wording here. My whole being waits. What's that? That's your soul. My soul, my whole being waits. And in His Word, I put my what? I put my hope. I wait for the Lord. Here's the wording. More than the watchmen wait for the morning. That's how I'm waiting for God. More than the watchmen are waiting for the morning. What's He talking about? In the Old Testament... The watchmen were the individuals who stood on the wall at nighttime. They stood on the wall and they watched at night for incoming enemies. They watched for the intruders. They watched for that. But they were also watching for the sun to come up. Because when the sun come up, that meant my shift is over. I'm done. I've fulfilled my duty. My assignment is complete. I can go home. I can rest. I can relax. So every night, yes, they're watching for the enemy, but they're watching for the sun. And can I tell you something? Every day in your life, you have to be in an anticipation that God's going to show up in your life. Just as the sun comes up, God is going to show up and he's going to take care of what you got in your world. But you got to Be willing to wait and watch for Him. Be still. Wait. Here's the third one. Reflect. Reflect on God's goodness. How do I find rest in God? i got to be still. I've got to be willing to wait. But I've also got to be willing to reflect. 
I got to reflect on the goodness of God. And here's the thing. So many times, just like I was, we get into that place and we try to get still. And we're tempted to think about everything that has to be done. But can I challenge you today? Instead of thinking about everything that has to be done, why don't you take a moment and think about what God has already done in your heart and in your life and in your family. And in that moment, reflect on His goodness. Reflect on Him. Psalms chapter 116, verse 7 and 9. I love this verse of Scripture. Return to your rest. Well, not my body. My soul. For the Lord has been good to you. Come on, how many of you can honestly say, God's been good to me? Every hand in the house needs to be raised right there. God has been good to us. So we need to reflect on what He's done. For the Lord, you have delivered me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling, that I may walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Remember what God has done in your life. Like in that season of restlessness, in that season where you're just busy and you got so much stuff going on, in the season in your life, you need to be still. You need to wait and you need to reflect on what God has done. Man, I love to quote scripture to myself. Man, some of you are like, man, the only scripture I know is Jesus wept. Brother, quote it all day. Amen. He weeps for you. He cries for you. He loves you. I mean, attach it. Quote scriptures to yourself. I love to quote Isaiah 49, 16. It's not in your notes, but I love that scripture. It's one of the first scriptures I memorized other than John 3, 16, of course. Amen. But I remember that. And what does that scripture say? God has inscribed you on the palm of his hand. So every time God, whoo, there he is. Oh, Alan. Oh, Alan. There, Alan. It's like every day God has inscribed you on the palm of his hand. Quote scripture to yourself, man. Remember all the prayers you've prayed and God has answered. Remember and thank him for the prayers he hasn't answered. Just remember who he is and thank him for who he is. And man, thank him for his faithfulness. Thank you. Thank him that he's delivered our soul from death. Thank him that he has forgiven us. Come on, you're forgiven. If you've accepted Christ into your heart, the Bible says you're a new creation. The old is gone and the new is come. That's happened. And that and that alone, knowing that God is not going to hold my sin against me, should bring rest. To my soul. Reflect on who he is. Come on somebody. He's the alpha and the omega. The beginning and the end. The first and the last. He is the one who is, who was, and who is to come. He is our king of kings. And lord of lords. Reflect on who he is. He's the one who said in Jeremiah, I have plans for you, plans to prosper you, to bless you, not harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. And in those moments where you're resting before Him, you're waiting on Him, you're reflecting on Him, you have a tendency, you have a tendency to worry about tomorrow. But in those moments when you're worried about tomorrow, all of the sudden, as you still, as you wait, as you reflect, all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute, he's already in tomorrow. 
He was with me yesterday, today, and tomorrow. He does not change. And I reflect on that. I reflect. Come on, give God a big hand cup of praise right there. I reflect on that. And my soul finds rest in who He is. Can I be honest with you today? If you ever find your soul in a restless place, anxious, stressed out, Revved up. Just all the stuff going on. Believing the lies of the enemy. God does not want you to live that way. The Bible says he's come to give you life. But not just life. What did he say? An abundant life. Come on. How many of you know I'm not living. If I'm constantly revved up on the inside. I'm not living if I lay my head down and there's just so much stuff going on. I'm not really having an abundant life. If, I, you know, if, if, if I'm constantly bombarded with the lies of the enemy, I can't have an abundant life. Can I tell you something? I lay down at night. I sleep pretty good. Misty says I snore. I don't believe her. I've never heard me snore. By the power... And the help in the presence of God. You can live a productive life. You can live a fruitful life. Yes, you can live a busy life. And yet be calm in your soul. Be healthy in your soul. Be healed in your soul. Be whole in your soul. Why? Because you're not driven by the desires and the needs of your flesh. But you're driven by the Spirit of God inside of you. The enemy can't make you bad. He's going to make you busy and restless. And it's in those moments that I have to wait. I have to be still. And I have to reflect on who he is. And in that moment, I find it easy to love God with all. Starts with the soul. The essence of who you are. You gotta love God with everything you've got. So stand with me all over the house. So where are you at today? Where are you at? You find it difficult? To stay calm inside? You find it difficult to just rest on the inside? Listen. Man, take a breath. Like, breathe in. Have you ever been, like, really busy at work? And just, like, tired? How many construction workers do we have in the house? Construction workers? Look at this. A lot of construction guys in the house. I've been in construction work my whole life. And then I became an inspector because I just got tired of physical labor. Amen in Jesus' name. But anyway, <laughs> you'll get that later. But anyway, I can remember being on the job site working for Watson Electrical when I first graduated high school. And they didn't believe in renting a trencher. I was the trencher. Come on. I mean, when you graduate from high school, you are a helper. That's all you are. Give me a shovel. And three days to dig a ditch. And I'm in the hot sun in the middle of July. And I'm saying, God, 
Why didn't I go to college? Which incidentally, that was the turning point for me. And I did go back to college and got my degree. But I say all that to say it was in, in, in the middle of that hard day, that busy day, that busy time. There are seasons where you could just pause and just take a breath. I feel that in my heart today. For some of you, you need to take a breath. You're too busy. Your soul is restless. You need to take a breath. You need to be still before God. You need to take this book right here and you need to open it up. And just start reading. This is the, this is the owner's manual, right? We, we said that at the beginning. This is the, our, our, our compass, our spiritual north star. And I open these pages and begin to read it. And I wait for God. And I reflect on God. And it is in that moment where your soul may seem restless that all of a sudden, I can't describe it. Matter of fact, the Bible says there's a peace that passes what? All understanding. You, you can't even put it into words. All of a sudden, it's just this calm. This peace washes over you. Hear me today, guys. You're doing no good living your life burnt out. No good. You can't love God with all. When you're burning the candle at both ends. Or sooner or later you're going to burn out. Take a breath. Relax. Rest in who God is. Be still. Man, my kids, I don't know. Are your kids doing this? My kids for the past two weeks? Straight up crazy. I mean, is it just me? Is, is it just me? Thank you, brother. I got one. See, I knew it was y'all that did it to him. I knew. The rest of y'all? <laughs> the past two weeks, man, I'm like, who are you? You taking out to your mama's people, amen? <laughs> You're not mine. <laughs> but I have to tell them, hey, Caleb Aiden. Elaine and Samantha are older now. But hey, Caleb and Aiden, take a breath. Relax. And for some of you, that's what you need in order to love God with all. Bow your heads with me all over the house. Father, thank you for moments like this. God, thank you for the privilege of being in this place today. Thank you for the privilege of being able to open up your word and knowing that you hear from us. Knowing that you love us, you care for us. And God, we give you all the praise and the glory and the honor. And Yet, Father, I know that in a room this size and those listening online right now by podcast, I, I do know that there is uh, some busyness in here. Some restlessness in the souls of your people. And so, God, I just pray right now that you would calm their souls. Let them be still before you. Teach them to wait for you and help us to reflect on you. In Jesus' name. Now let me keep praying. Keep your heads bowed. Let me just raise mine.
Maybe you came into this house today. And maybe you, you just stopped by. You just, hey, I, I've heard some things. I just want to go check it out. Man, that's great. But from where I am, I believe a little bit differently. I believe that God ordained your steps. I believe that nobody comes into this place by accident. Regardless of why you're here, I believe that God has brought you here for a reason. And if you're in the house today and you've never take, taken that step, we're going to be doing a baptism service in just a moment. That's what we call our next steps. The first step for you is to open your heart to Him. Open your soul up to The essence of who you are, open that up and say, God, I need you in my life. I need you in my heart. I can't do this without you. And if that's where you are, I want to give you an opportunity right now to go all in. To turn over everything you've got to Him and say, Father, I can't do this alone. I need you. Today is your day. This is your moment. This is your opportunity. Is God pulling on the heartstrings of your heart right now? Saying, hey, come home. I haven't forgot you. I still love you. I still... Trying to connect with you. I still want you to come home if that's you. Would you just be willing to slip a hand up all over the house and say, That's me. I want to come home. I want to receive Him as my Lord, as my Savior. Maybe you're in here today and maybe your soul is a little restless. Can you be honest and raise your hand? Say, Pastor, pray for me. Seize the hands. Pray for me. Let me pray for you right now. Father... In the name of Jesus, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for moments like this. And Lord, right now we live in a busy world. We live in a world where the spiritual enemy, Satan, bombards us with all different kinds of things in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds. Yes, Lord, in our souls. But in the midst of that, I pray right now for a peace that surpasses all understanding. To wash over your people today and help us to hear from you in the days, weeks, months, years to come. May we give you our everything. May we take time out of, yes, our busy schedules, Lord. May we take time to put you first. To be still. To wait. And to reflect. In Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. Come on, give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house. Just sit it against the wall over there for me, buddy. All right, guys, you may be seated. We're actually going to go into a time of our baptismal service, and we've got three individuals that are going to be coming up, and we're going to be baptizing them. Now, let me just say this. As they're making their way down here, I know all three of these individuals very well, and it is such an honor today to do what I'm about to do. All three of these individuals have been serving God faithfully. Some of them for, for several years. Some of them not long. But they've been serving God faithfully. And they said, you know what, Pastor? Hey, man, just, just want to go in the water. Want to be baptized. Amen. Want to go public with my faith. A lot of them have already done that. And so today is a day of celebration. 
So here's how we do it around here, guys. I don't know where you're used to or where you're from, but we look at this day as the, one of the greatest days. This is the next step. First step is accepting Christ. Second step is going all in, being baptized. Third step is get into a group. Get on a serve team. We can walk through all that with you. But here's what we do. When we put them in the water, as soon as they come out of the water, man, here's what I want you to do. I want you to clap, shout, yell. I want you to celebrate to the top of your lungs because this is that kind of service. Amen? Come on, this is that kind of service. So let me just test you a little bit because y'all still looking a little, a little sleepy. So let's test it. All right, let's just pretend somebody's coming up. What are we going to do? Yes, Lord. All right, ladies first. Amen. Come on, Miss Roxanne. Come on, give her a hand as she comes. I got that for you, my dear. Watch your step. There's a step down right there.
Give God a big hand clap of praise all over the house today. Amen. Now, you guys know how we do. Again, if this is your first time here, we're going to ask you to go out those double doors right there. Go to that VIP banner. Get your free gift. For the rest of you, we dismiss in sections, if you will. Notice we didn't take up an offering today, but on your way out, if you haven't given online, which let me interject this.